0: Welcome to CYA with Rhonda. CYA means cover your assets, and Rhonda will help explain in today's show what that really means. The insurance industry has a lot of information as to what is covered and what's not. How do you put the pieces back together after a devastating loss? How do you know what the right coverage is? And if you're interested in the insurance field as a career, how do you get started? It's a lot to cover, so let's get started now. Here's your host, Rhonda Lukey.
1: Hello. Welcome to CWA with Rhonda. I'm Rhonda, and I'm here to help you cover your ass. assets. Let's talk insurance. A little bit about me. I've been in the industry working claims on the carrier side for a little over 17 years now. I've managed small claims and multi-million dollar claims, including catastrophe, special investigations, and litigation. Prior to that, I worked for what I like to call the dark side. I worked as a paralegal for a plaintiff's attorney. Seeing both sides, I like to help people understand insurance, specifically claims. What is covered, what is not, and hopefully I can help you with some everyday claims knowledge. I'm here today with my guest, John Silverfield. He's employed with Holmes & Kernick. And he represents a wide variety of individuals and companies. He's on both sides prosecuting and defending. John, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. Uh, John, I understand you have an extensive background and you've seen both sides of the fence. Why don't you give me a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. um, You know, again, I uh, I cut my teeth in insurance defense. Uh, I worked for a really great firm for my first couple of years. Um, we represented uh, both plaintiffs and defendants, but mainly uh, defendants. Uh, we had names like the Hillsborough County School Board. We had uh, Publix. We had Sweet Bay. Um, and uh, we really were able to have a bunch of different attorneys in the office that all kind of were conglomerating, but also had separate clients Uh, So I was able to be exposed to hundreds of different kind of cases from uh, defending car accidents to first-party property claims uh, to bad faith. Um, You name it, uh, I've seen it on both sides.
1: That's a nice wide variety. That gives you a feel for what the other side does, what they're looking for, and and how to work with or against them um, to your advantage. I like that.
2: No doubt, no doubt. And then uh, subsequently to that, I worked for Special Investigations Unit uh, for um, for State Farm uh, and Amica, Uh, and then I did um, first party PIP coverage uh, defense for USAA. Nice. So uh, I've had my fair share of uh, emails back and forth with adjusters, uh, litigation schedules, and uh, you know I could write a book to you on what they're looking for in terms of how to resolve a claim quickly
1: nice nice and i gotta tell you i love the fact that you're um also siu one of my favorite arenas to play in um special investigations i love the fraud aspect um simply because insurance costs everybody and by fighting the fraud it helps everybody so i love that um give me the scoop john um A few of the things we want to talk to our listeners today about um what to look for in a carrier your policy and what to do with the claim if you have to present a claim to uh help cover them so why don't you give us a feel john talk to me um give me the scoop on property claims making sure you have the proper carrier for your assets such as property specifically homeowners business what do you do to check out a uh, company
2: well, you know, that's a great question because a lot of people, uh, you know, let's say, for example, uh, even in a um, real property transaction, okay, most people have to get insurance just like in car with driving a car. You have to get insurance in order to be able to drive a car. That's required by law. Mm-hmm. No different than you have you, 90% of the time you have to have um, homeowner's insurance in order to get financing. Mm-hmm. And 90% of people will have to get financing. So, hey, I'm making this big purchase. I have to buy all this other stuff, closing costs. I'm just going to go with the carrier with the lowest premium. Uh. And as you know, a lot of times mortgage companies choose it on their own accord and then make you pay for the premiums themselves, Yes. Uh, yourself. Yes. So the thing is, okay, let's say you have a year-long policy and it's up for renewal. After your, you know, your mortgage transaction goes through, everything's good. How do you determine whether or not homeowners A or versus homeowners B? Okay, first yep. of all, obviously you want to look at where you're located. If you're inland, you may not have to have flood coverage. Everybody in Florida, I think, up until Irma, was even with Charlie and Wilma, were still kind of iffy about, should they get a rider? Do they need this kind of uh, hurricane coverage? Do they need that kind of hurricane coverage? Is it really going to happen again? How mm-hmm. bad is it? It's the gamble. I don't, think, I don't think it's even worth gambling at this point because <laughs> I think that you can attest to the fact that there are so many exclusions, even in a, a hurricane rider, let alone if you don't even have one. Right. Um, we can get into that more later. Now, Let's say that two companies are both the same price. How do you uh-huh. determine whether or not A or B is better? Do your research, okay? One of the things that I think is really important, and I learned this only recently, is Google this company, okay? The simplest of things. Googling the it. The simplest. Mm-hmm. People People don't think to do that, okay? But Google is... Only as good as you make it in your in your searches, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Um, one thing that's important to do is put things in quotes. If you put your insurance company in quotes, then you're not going to get a bunch of nonsense. You're going to get exactly that. And then if you add something like um, Department of Insurance Regulation, okay, you throw that in on the end, you can see whether or not your company's ever been subjected to any kind of insurance regulation issues. Which and I that's going to
1: Go please. ahead. Well, I think if my company was, I think that's something where I take a second look at and say, "Whoa, why mm-hmm. is this somebody I want to be with?" That's a well, big red flag to second guess if you want to be with that carrier.
2: No doubt, because what that does is if you if you have some kind of issue there, is it going to be a delay in payment? Do they unreasonably um, deny claims? Have they uh, not investigated things properly? There's statute statutory regulations that are required by the Department of Insurance. That what's the point of having paying policy premiums if every time that you uh, get a claim going, they take a year to get it resolved, or they send you some you know nonsense settlement offer? It's pointless. Do that research initially. Okay. The next thing that you want to look for is the insurance company's rating with the uh, with the main companies. That do that. A lot of these companies will have the A plus rated by the um, Insurance Advisory Group. Okay, don't just take their word for it. Look up the Insurance Advisory Group. Look up the the rating company because recently the Supreme Court has uh, cracked down on these insurance rating companies who just give everybody an A plus rating. Okay, do your research.
1: In other words, so even if they do their research just on one part, just looking at the ratings, that's not going to give them everything. Because as you're alluding to here, these companies, John, like you're saying, um, they're they are just handing report cards out, maybe even on a, um, what was it we used to call when we were in school, and, and it was on a um, basis where if you have three people and they all average a C, you know. So they're just making everybody kind of an A, A plus. It, that's not everything. I agree right. with you. You have to go in further, check stuff out.
2: Check out the insurance rating company. Um, and you know, I think that doing that initially is so simple. It takes no time at all. Um, and ask your broker, Hey, Hey broker, you, you told me that, that, uh, you know, company X is really well, highly rated and that's who I should go with. But what's your involvement? Do you get a kickback from them? I just found this evidence that they were, uh you know reprimanded by the department of insurance in 2016 for failing to pay claims and investigate it why would you tell me to go with those people and if that broker doesn't give you an answer that you feel comfortable with that's a problem
1: right because i mean truly the the broker the agent that you go with that's a that's going to be a main point of contact for your policy uh as far as what you're getting out of your policy what you're purchasing If you have a claim, they're going to be involved to some degree in a claim. Absolutely. This is something, yeah, you want to be able to work with these people and feel comfortable with them. Because basically, yeah, they're selling you a promise. And you want to be sure they're going to
2: pull through on it. Yep, yep. And, and, you know, make sure that if you have certain covers that you want, that they include them. Don't let them sell you some policy that doesn't include what you want just because it's 80 pages long and you don't feel like reading it. Make them go over every single uh, part of the deck page with you. Make them go over, hey, well, what happens if, if uh, I get a leak in my upstairs bathroom? Don't be afraid to ask questions up front. I know it's a, a lot of work. I know that your broker may be your buddy from high school or your mom's friend, and you don't want to offend him, but it's going to end up in the long run. You're still paying this guy for a service, and he's, you're, he's still taking money from you. So regardless of what your relationship is with them, if they start – acting skittish when you're asking them legitimate questions about a business transaction, then that's mm-hmm. not that's not good. Mm-hmm. And and
1: you know, I think you're right there, John. I think we get complacent with who our agents are and, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, oh, well, Aunt Betty yeah. told me to go to this person and so on and so forth. And, and you don't really, well, they sold them a fine policy. They haven't had any trouble. Yeah, because they haven't ever had a claim.
2: That's exactly. <laughs>
1: so, Precisely. <yeah.
2: laughs> How can so. you test an insurance policy's uh, muster if all you've done is pay them premiums.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, I, I think maybe that's the way to go. Instead, now, people, if someone says, hey, try my company, they're great. The first question you need to ask them is, have you ever turned in a claim?
2: That's they, genius.
1: Yeah, yep. Because if they say no, say, then how do you know? How do you know? So true.
2: <laughs> that's so true. I take, never even thought yeah. about that.
1: Let's take a step back, people. Only if you've had a claim do I want your opinion on your carrier. Now. Perfect. Having said that, let's talk, I, I want to delve into this just a tad for our listeners here. What are some common things that you see on a policy or, or common type claims that are issues in policies that people need to look for? I'm going to scream one out. Um, if you're in Florida, you need wind coverage. Yes. 2017, yes. Hurricane Hell with Harvey and Irma. Yeah. So I'm going to say wind coverage for policies if you're in Florida. Okay. What's and another that's thing a- to look
2: for? Definitely, uh, you need to look at loss of use.
1: Oh, yes. Loss of use. We also call that A-L-E, additional living expenses. That's uh, something that is not on every policy. Most okay. commonly is, but not on every policy. And then when it comes into play. Talk to me, John.
2: Well, think about it like this. You have uh, damage from a hurricane or any loss, for that matter. And you have to pay even 280 bucks a night for a hotel. Yep, okay. Yep. Now, if you're paying roughly, let's just say ballpark 500 bucks per month in premiums. Are you telling me that it's not worth uh, double checking and paying a little bit extra uh, for loss of use to cover a hotel? If your hotel for two nights is going to outweigh your, your policy premium in the first place?
1: There you go. There you go. Things to look at, people. Things to look at.
2: Give okay. A, mm-hmm. a- another great example which is what you said, is um, what constitutes in, you know the damage that you can be compensated for in a hurricane. Okay, Does it have to be wind-blown rain? Does that mean that it can't come in oh. from the door? Does that mean there has to be a hole in the ceiling? The good old, um,
1: the, the, what we like to call the wind-driven rain.
2: Did wind-driven your,
1: rain. Yeah, and in the policies, people, your policy may or may not cover it. It's a 50-50. I'm not going to lie to you. And what you're looking for in your policy is an area in your policy um, that's going to give you a heads up. Some are special endorsements, which are extra fun-filled pages added to the policy. It may be an Mm -hmm. endorsement called a um, uh, water exclusion. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's actually built into the policies. And basically what it says is the exterior of your building must have an opening created by a covered peril. In this case it would be wind for the water to enter through to cause the damage so in other words john you've seen it down there i think didn't you stay down for the hurricane
2: i was here i was here and i'll tell you this we mm-hmm. had a uh, three pane sliding glass doors in my in the back of my uh my unit mm-hmm. and uh we had our hands up against those windows because mm-hmm. we were worried they were gonna get blown in now <laughs> If those, if those sliding glass doors had failed oh. and they would have blown water in through mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. would that be covered? I don't know. Does that constitute well, a hole? I no, don't know.
1: not unless I have damage around it. I mean, is there damage where there's a hole that entered it? So, again, I, people, these are things that you don't think about or realize they have a claim. Give me another one. Something else fun uh, while we're on the subject, John. Is something to look for in your policy. It comes up a lot.
2: Well, you know, another thing that, that is important is um, where whether or not you have uh, coverage for um, if you have a uh, income property or if you have maybe your seasonal resident like we have down in Naples mm-hmm. uh, let's say you're getting three grand a month for your um, Paul poli- for your uh, for your house when you're up in Maine because guess what no snowbirds are down here during hurricane season <laughs> they come <No>. down afterward <laughs> so if you're getting three mm-hmm. grand a month and that's covering your mortgage expenses, and you don't have uh, coverage in your policy for rental income replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go ahead and kiss that time goodbye because yep. your uh, renters are certainly not going to put up with uh, <laughs> having a damaged place and still paying you their rent. Uh, nor should yeah. they.
1: I- I'm going to think not. And if so, they need an attorney for another reason. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So there's things to look for there, people. Um, and I know a big one down in Florida. Um, sinkholes. Yes, sinkholes and people like your like your uh, wind policies and your hurricane coverage, that you know your policies that do cover wind, hurricane, you generally have a high deductible. And John, I, I'm sure you can speak to this. Um, sinkholes are they common in Florida?
2: Very common. <laughs> and here here he, here's a great example that I think is important. okay when when you have a hurricane loss and a tree falls on the top of your house. Uh, ain't nobody gonna argue with you about whether or not your uh, house was damaged by a tree falling on it.
3: Mm-hmm, okay,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but with a sinkhole, there are a million things that cause sinkholes. It's underground magma, a burst pipe from uh, from you know 1901 mm-hmm. that was put in incorrectly. There's a million different contributory causes that could not make your sinkhole an ensuing loss that could be covered. It has to be a hole opened naturally in the ground. What does that even mean?
1: Well, and and I'll tell you this. The policy specifically defines what a sinkhole is. It is defined the sudden sinking or collapse of land into underground empty spaces created by the action of water on limestone or dolomite so even though you may think it's a sinkhole it may not be a sinkhole at all and this is something where they will pull out experts or should be pulling out experts to do soil testing Um, they have radar testing a few different things that they do the specialist to determine whether it is or not um we got about another minute here, John, before I want to warm up for the next part that's going to help our listeners on what to do if they have a claim. So can you think of anything uh, else fun off the top of your head that they need to look for in a policy? Something special, something fun. Now, flood, people. Flood.
2: <laughs> flood is important.
1: John, you want to tell me, what? what's the scoop about flood?
2: Um, well, you know, flooding is important mainly because... Uh, it's gonna be excluded in most policies and it's probably the most damaging of any type of uh loss.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Anything that flood water touches goes.
2: Destroyed That's pretty like, much it's like fire. The rule.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Nothing left of it. But uh one of the things I always think about flood is I always love the people who say, Well, it, it didn't flood into my house. It you know, the water the rain water fell on the uh porch and um, pooled there and then came in underneath the door, well guess what your policy also calls that surface water which is also excluded Absolutely So we do have some exclusions that will apply and those are some things you want to look for in your policy Uh, We'll be back here shortly John if you'll hang in there with me, we're going to take a break and then I want to hear your take on what somebody should do in submitting a claim what they need to know what they need to expect what they can do to help protect themselves. Fantastic. Thank you.
5: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
4: Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice
5: America Variety Channel.
0: You are listening to CYA with Rhonda. To reach Rhonda Lukey or her guest today, you're welcome to call in to the live program at 1 866 472 5788. Again, that's 1 866 472 5788. Want to drop us an email instead? Send it to CYA with Rhonda at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning back in. We're going to continue chatting here with John Silverfield with Holmes and Kernick. Um, John, before the break, I told everyone that you were going to help us out and give us a feel for what to do if you have a claim, um, what they need to do to protect themselves, protect their property, move the claim forward, and keep it rolling. So tell me, what do we need to do, John?
2: Uh, first and foremost, you need to uh, as soon as you discover any kind of damage, you got to report it immediately.
1: Oh, um, my favorite thing! You don't want to wait a week or two to see for sure, John.
2: Yeah, that's a great reason <laughs> to deny your claim because God knows what could happen between the the actual date of loss uh, and huh? when you report it. That's that's a that, seven days is a long time. You know, who knows? There could be another hurricane, uh, tropical storm. Especially well, down here. I was gonna
1: say the way it's going this year, I'm pretty sure it's a possibility now. But no, didn't mean to interrupt, but you're right, John. We'll, first thing they do is turn the claim in. Get it turned okay. in.
2: Okay. Absolutely. So then talk to me.
1: What So from then
2: then what you wanna do is you wanna control your own evidence. Okay? So mm-hmm. that means take pictures mm-hmm. of everything. Okay. Even the even the stupidest thing that you could think of, take a picture of it. Video it. Get everything documented contemporaneously with the loss. If you walk in and there's water on, and, the, and, you, and it's up to your ankles, take pictures of it right then because you have no idea if that water is going to recede or if it's going to evaporate or oh, yes. what's going to happen, okay? Yes. Um, so take it, take it immediately. Yes. Sure, everybody, we all get it that it's devastating and horrible and you're emotional when these things happen, but if you don't document it contemporaneously, you're going to be sorry, Yes. Okay. So yeah. get all that documentation together in terms of uh, photographs and videos. Yes. All right. The next thing you want to do is start looking around for a reputable contractor to provide you an estimate. Okay. Reputable and being
1: key here.
2: Reputable. Reputable yes. being key. Absolutely. Do your research on them just like you did on your on your um on your uh, carrier. insurance carrier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, if, and we can get into that later because I know we, we may have to get into some AOB stuff here <laughs> down the road. Oh, yes. Uh, I think that
1: we'll, we'll get into it. We won't leave them hang on that one because that one's going to really, people, you'll want to pay attention when we say AOB. This is very important later. Come back to
2: absolutely, that. Definitely. So contractors, um, get some estimates, right? Get some estimates for the damage. Uh, get them to give you a printed breakdown. Um, you know, you don't want just one page. You want to know uh, everything that the insurance company is going to want to know and that breaks it down into you know sometimes they have 18 19 different specifications um you what you want to do is make the uh, adjuster's job as easy as possible and what that does is it expedites your claim it does okay it does absolutely um you want to also calendar the date that you first reported it because mm-hmm. there're fl- Florida statutes that require responses within 30 days that's that's statutory Mm -hmm. Um, you want to make sure that they get back to you in time and something as, as stupid as calendaring the date may seem, uh, trivial, but, um, you know, you could be looking at bad faith or you could be coming back to that later and being like, wait a second, this letter from the insurance company is dated three days after I reported the loss and no one ever came out to investigate it. That doesn't make any sense. And you may not even notice or realize that until down the line. So calibrating that date is really important.
1: It is. keeping um, a diary in general of the events of, you know, here was the date of loss. Here was the date we had the contractor out. Here was who we had out. Here was the great. first date I turned it in to the carrier. Here's when the adjuster called. Here's when I called the adjuster. That is great documentation. Good point. Very good point,
2: that, John. That would be a dream if that's ever happened to me in my career. <laughs> Um, It's only the claims that
1: go wrong That that
2: happens on
1: If the claim was fine, yeah, you never hear about it
2: (laughs) No problem Be meticulous Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, okay, so That's the first part of you gathering All your own evidence and submitting it to the Adjuster timely And making sure that you cooperate With them if they ask you questions Or they want to discuss it with you Because uh, most insurance policies Have contractual privity, what that means is, unlike an adverse insurance company, like in a car accident, right, where you're having a third party may be liable for the damages to another person, you're contractually obligated to your first-party property insurance company to uh, participate and um, uh, help them in the investigation, or else you're going to be in breach of contract, and that's going to come back to bite you in the butt later on. So... Hmm. By, by getting everything together and getting it all ready for them, you're not doing two things. You're complying with their request. They may not even have to request it from you, and you're expediting your claim. It's a win-win. There's no reason not to do it other than either laziness or maybe you're emotionally drained. Get over it.
1: No, I, I'm with you. And, and don't get me wrong, people. I've even had my own personal losses. I had uh, my car stolen. I, I've had damage to my house. I've had my basement flooded. Trust me, been there, done it, it is emotional, it is heart-wrenching, but trust me, you will regret it later if you don't do what you need to do to keep the claim moving.
2: Absolutely. And to comply with the uh, statutes and the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's the first part of it. The next part is, what happens when the uh, insurance company starts doing their own investigation? Okay? Um, you know, sometimes an insurance company will pay a claim based on what you submit to them without even having uh, an appraisal of their own or an inspection of their own. Um, That's rare, but it happens, especially when there's a high volume of claims, like after Irma, all right? But let's say that the insurance company reaches back out to you and says, well, we want to do our own investigation, okay? We want to send someone out from our company. What happens then? You coordinate with them in order to have somebody show up and take a look at your damage. Okay? Now, you may be seasonal. You may not be in town. Fly in town or have a trusted friend or relative be there and document it. Film it. Note when they got there. Note when they left. Note what they were up to. Okay? Film the whole thing if you have to.
1: Well, let's let's talk about the adjuster that's actually even going to come out there. I've told everyone this before and everyone in this industry knows it. Our industry is depleting its resources. Even before Harvey and Irma, um, the resources that we had for desk adjusters, field adjusters, um, examiners, independents, public adjusters. Well, I don't think there's a shortage of public adjusters, but you know, in general for adjusters period, there's a shortage. Um, and then when we had Harvey followed by Irma you may have people out there who and and I'm not knocking them for adding people you have to there's just no resources and people have to learn and get, gain experience but it is something that you want to be aware of that the adjuster who is out there may have very well picked up his first tape measure that morning um they may be inexperienced you know there there's um, you've seen it I'm sure on your side
2: i have seen it i have definitely uh dealt with that um i've had uh, a few claims here where uh we had it documented that the guy who came out to investigate uh was a truck driver uh one of them and he just happened to be on the long haul trucking uh and was in the state so he drove over from uh um houston and came to florida Hmm. uh You know, we got guys who work in fast food and retail that come down. uh, And I can tell you, whenever I have guessed someone's area code, guess what? Inevitably, it was from Texas. (laughs) Yeah. Okay?
1: Yep. I hate to say it, but I think a lot, I think what happened on this uh, rodeo was that Harvey... Had gotten wrapped up for the big heavy part of it once mm-hmm. Armo was ready to be started and cleaned up. Yep. So, unfortunately, Absolutely. a lot of people from Texas came over to Florida.
2: Mosey uh, on over and mm-hmm. pick up those, uh, pick those claims up. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah. what does that mean for for you? Okay, what that means is somebody comes out to your house. They're purporting to be from the insurance company. I want to know what. I want a picture of the driver's license. I want to say okay mm-hmm. well are you licensed what's your license number give me evidence of that I want mm-hmm. to know who, who what adjuster did you speak to at my company what's their contact information um, I want to know your full name uh, you know get a picture of their driver's license for all you know get it, get their get their tag what's their tag number what mm-hmm. kind of car were they driving did their car say did, the, did they pull up in a in a beat up uh, old truck with Texas plates or did they pull up in a in a uh, you know, Geico car mm-hmm. with uh, with Florida plates. There okay? you go. There you go. Seems imp- not important, but it is. Now, mm-hmm. what happens if these guys start to give you flack? Red flag, don't let them in your house. Okay?
1: And I'm good with that. Yeah. Be- I mean, being an adjuster, if someone questions me, if I'm out there to look at their property and, you know, I'm going to be more than, you know, upfront with who I am, who I work for, You want ID? I'm good with that. I'm asking to come in your house and look at stuff. Sure, here's my ID. Um, I'm a licensed independent, and I'm more than willing to cooperate that way. Now, obviously, uh, um, some of these people are going to be a little bit shy about that when they realize, hmm, why is this person asking so many questions? They're going to get defensive. You'll know which ones they are. Yep, yep.
2: And that's not good. You don't want that. And I'll also say that I've participated in uh, investigations from you know, water loss to negligent installation. And I'll tell you, when these guys have their little doohickeys and gizmos and they're reputable, they love to talk about it. <laughs> Ask them what they're doing. Why are you poking holes in the side of my house? Well, I'm taking moisture readings and I need to do these pen pricks. Why are you putting this little measure measuring device on the floor? Well, I need to know how much water moisture is present. <laughs> uh, why are you taking a picture of that crack in the wall? Why, yep. you know, why are you taking paint samples? All those things, if these guys are good and they know what they're doing, they will have instruments. They will want to talk about it. Ask exactly. them. Exactly. Don't be afraid. They're in your home. They're investigating your loss. And if they don't know what they're talking about, you're going to know ASAP that they're not reputable because they're not going to have gizmos, they're not going to have hickeys and they're not going to be able to explain to you what they're up to.
1: Right. And, and, you know, a thought just occurred to me. So let's say we're in that position, John, let's say we're the homeowner, we're in there. And I'm a typical homeowner who has no clue uh, about what this person's doing. But just by asking those questions, they're not giving me a real good feel that they know what they're doing. What should I do? What are your thoughts?
2: My thoughts would be let me tell you mine
1: why just because i like to just because i like to talk over attorneys that's why please please do (laughs) but i still like you john um my thought on it would be i think and i'm just being realistic here people because again our resources are depleted okay so it doesn't mean that they don't know anything um i think walking through the entire loss with them as to when it happened what happened where the damage is what was damaged what wasn't damaged what you did Perfect. walk through everything with them you know and then you've at least that's a great idea yeah, you've done your part you've cooperated you have presented everything to the insurance company and you've walked through it with them Now, i'm not saying get up on the roof okay don't get up on the roof with them i'm not asking people to do that but obviously when they come down trust me we have digital cameras people We mostly use our phone. They can show you photos while you're there. Um, You know, they come down from the roof, ask them. But to me, work with them then. Show them everything. That doesn't mean you have to say, okay, you don't know what you're doing, get out.
2: Right, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that harkens back to what we said before. If you've already had everything documented uh, and you have somebody from the insurance company come out there, you're going to be so well equipped with knowledge that... Uh, you know, you're going to give them a run for their money. And that's just so smart, Rhonda, to, to think, uh, you know, that was something that didn't even occur to me would be to help them help you.
1: Yeah. And, and with you, with what you said doing the hello, you're going to already prep. You're going to have photos to show them. Mm-hmm. So when they come out, I mean, that's oh. two heads working together here, people. You're going to be yep. able to show them, look, here's my carpet. Look how wet it was. And then he's going to look at it and say, well, then maybe the baseboard's damaged, ma'am. Let's look at that. You know, Genius. It, it's working together to get your claim done. You know, you need to help the adjuster just as much. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, watch out for ones who have no clue and are defensive because that isn't something you want in your home. You, you don't need that. They should be there to be the expert and give you as much help as possible and working together. It's all about the attitude
2: absolutely okay so the next step Mm -hmm. you get some kind of documentation or letter from the insurance company telling you uh that they finished their investigation and they've made a coverage decision Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. now they by law by statute and insurance regulation which ties into the statutes have to give you all their cards what part of the policy applies why is excluded why it's not covered so don't just take that letter and then throw it in the trash and you cry about it go get your policy out and say wait a minute does this apply here what is the what is the uh exclusion they're referencing and does that apply to my claim
1: um before we go into this next part john uh something i'd like to talk to you about and i know we're going to get into here um are knowing what the insurance companies are required to do by statute but i want to touch into the uh (laughs) what to do when you do get that denial what the carrier's supposed to do but more importantly aob's we said that earlier people assignment of benefits aob's really important you pay attention this coming up it will really really save you when we come back
5: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no.
4: Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific
5: Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: You are listening to CYA with Rhonda. To reach Rhonda Lukey or her guest today, you're welcome to call in to the live program at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Want to drop us an email instead? Send it to CYA with Rhonda at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Seaway with Rhonda. I'm here with John Silverfield today, and we're going to help walk you through a little bit more of what to do when you have a claim. John, there were some things we were talking about uh, during the break, and and I know are really important to you And being uh, an attorney. Definitely important for me to follow, being on the carrier side. We have statutes in every single state, but we're going to talk specifically about some Florida statutes, um, which truly... Are in each state, uh, the generalization of what they are. The time frames may be different in the exact wording. Mm-hmm. But you here's know. things that carriers really have to do and perform to. You want to tell me about them, John?
2: Absolutely. So uh, the the um, Department of Insurance Regulation through the legislature has a statute which is 626-9541. Uh, okay. This is the governing law for all insurance companies in handling claims. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. three major points that you need to know about the statute. The first one is they have to, den- they can't deny a claim without a reasonable investigation. That ties back into the dates in which you made the claim and when the claim was ultimately denied. That's why that's so important. The first part. How can they have a reasonable investigation if they denied your claim three days after? You submitted it. They never had anybody come out there. Again, exactly. Exactly. what constitutes a reasonable investigation? Some guy walking around your house who's not licensed, uh, taking a picture and maybe making a measurement. That may come into play later on.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: You never yep. know. Okay. And-
4: mm-hmm.
2: The next one is, like I said previously, failing to provide a reasonable explanation in writing uh, about the insurance policy in relation to the flex or Pickable Law. For denying the claim. And that goes harkens back into. You get policy language. And uh, a denial letter. Go check it against your policy. Make sure it's applicable. Okay? Exactly.
1: And, and it should be exact policy language. If they're denying your claim. They have to be able to pull out. Somewhere in the policy. That says exactly why. And, and if they can't. Well then why isn't there coverage?
2: Absolutely. Copy and paste. That's all they got to do. Uh, and then apply mm-hmm. it to the facts. Um, the last one is uh, again tying back into what we said earlier, and that is failing to provide the uh, the, the insured notification that they require additional documentation. You want to avoid this last one on both sides. You want to yes. give them everything they need to begin with. Yes. But if they de- if they deny your claim and they don't ask for something specific such as like an estimate, that can come back to bite them in the butt if they uh, deny it for a certain reason um, that's, that has to do with, wait, if I could have just provided you that estimate, w- well, hold on a second. Why didn't you ask me for an, any estimate? Why didn't you ask me for any pictures? Why didn't you send somebody out to come mm-hmm. take a look?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, those three aspects of that statute are critical now why is that important that is important because when you file a claim and it's denied your next steps got to be get in touch with an attorney why because of the civil remedy notices okay a civil remedy notice sets up an insurance company for a bad-faith claim that's going to be over and above your policy if they fail to adhere to those statutes that triggers the bad faith uh, aspect of it, and a lot of attorneys—not my—not my law firm, but a lot of these plaintiffs' <laughs> law firms. There you go. Um, there you go. I, hey, look, I, CRNs to me are ridiculous. But that's a whole different show. Okay, we can yep. do a whole show yep. on CRNs. Oh
1: yeah.
2: Oh yeah. But but a, a CRN, an attorney will salivate at that, and they'll jump at that, mm-hmm. and they'll 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 take your case and. Take it for a contingency. And again, we can talk about contingency fees later on. But uh, those things are important because there's no getting out of that. It's basically strict liability. If they don't follow those rules, then they can't deny your claim. Um, And I'll give you a quick example. And, uh, you know, Ron and I discussed this previously. Uh, There are some insurance companies in Florida I'm not going to name exactly who it is, but they're the biggest homeowner insurance company in Florida. They have a consent judgment from the Florida Department of Insurance Regulation that says any violation of these statutes will be deemed willful. What does that mean? That means that if you have this particular insurance company or any insurance company that's been, uh, uh, which almost I would say almost everyone in Florida uh, has probably been investigated at least a couple of times.
1: No, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Do your research, threaten them with it, attach it, send it to them. Hey, I know about this and I know that it doesn't matter what your explanation is for violating these statutes. (laughs) According to the Florida department of insurance regulation, you're screwed. It's going to be deemed willful. What does that do? That gives you leverage because that's all you have really as an insured is leverage and leverage is a good estimate, a good picture. And then any kind of, um, ancillary legal issue that could be brought up aside from whether or not your uh, carpet was damaged by windborne rain.
4: Okay? exactly.
1: and and I hate to say this, but and this is why I mentioned that you know sometimes you need attorneys too, because you know, I've been on the other side. I'm on the carrier's side, but I got to tell you, I've seen inspections and investigations that I cringe at and say, really, we didn't really get everything we need. But I sure as heck would never deny a claim for any of those reasons. I would send somebody back out, we're going to take a second look, we, we, we need something more from you, more information and if your carrier isn't following these and presents you with a declination, a denial yeah, you got to have an issue with that, you know? Absolutely. That's a problem. Yep.
2: Absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, I think, I think that if 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 you know what your insurance company has to do, then you have so much knowledge and information that they can't play tricks with you. OK, because whether it's intentional or not, insurance companies fail to follow those regulations and they bank on insureds not knowing their rights and not knowing what they have to abide by. These are three sentences. These are not 50 page uh treatises on the law they're three mm-hmm. sentences from mm-hmm. a statute memorize them print them out if you're going to make a claim google florida statute you know 626 pull it up it's free it's on online sunshine print it out and make sure that your company abides by those rules it's so simple
1: it is and, and i know this sounds horrible but again i can't say this enough i'm on the carrier side but I have seen in my career, whether it be personally, through colleagues, you know, wherever it may be, I have seen carriers not abide by these. And and this is why I do this show, people. I'm trying to protect you. I'm not saying carriers are bad. They never are with intent to be bad. Do bad things happen? Do claims go wrong? Yes. And that's why we're here to help you. Good point on those, John. Definitely. Keep, keep those as a Bible, people. Keep them as Absolutely. a Bible if you have a
2: claim. Why wouldn't you?
1: Mm-hmm. All right, talk to me. You want to talk about one of our favorites, John?
2: Okay, so the <laughs> the assignment of benefits, <laughs> this commonly known as an AOB. This is very prevalent in uh, the first party insurance realm, mainly in personal injury protection. Now. Personal injury protection claims are no different than uh, first-party property claims in terms of the contractual nature. You can assign your rights under a contract of any kind to anybody as long as it's it's enforceable in Florida. Um, so that means when you go to a hospital and you have personal injury protection benefits and you sign an acknowledgment and an and AOB to that hospital, they're going to go and they're going to be the ones who collect on the uh, – payment from the insurance company and not you because they're being assigned your rights and your benefits under the policy. Now mm-hmm. yep. obviously you can't really control if you're in a car accident and you go to a hospital and they won't treat you unless you sign something.
1: Mm-hmm. Um yeah.
2: but what happens when a contractor pokes their head in and says, Hey, looks like you got some damage here. Uh you know, why don't you sign this piece of paper? And we'll not only fix your roof for you, but we'll take care of the claim. You don't even have to do anything. All you have to do is sit back and let your house be repaired. We'll handle everything else. Okay? Why is that a scam? Simple. (laughs) First and foremost, what these guys do is they'll get you to sign something that may say you agree that all work was performed properly, even though you don't even know what the work was done. It may be prior to them even coming out, and taking a true investigation of what has to be undertaken in order to uh, repair or replace the property. Well, um,
1: and let me ask you this, John, because, and I've just got to say it because we've talked about a few different uh, claims we've both handled and stuff in general. How many people actually read that document that you're asking them to read?
2: Um, I would say that probably zero mm-hmm. because they're so uh, excited and and glad that this white knight has come in and uh, taken over everything. But the fine print, okay, not just whether or not they've actually provided you with a full estimate and a full um, scope of work, but here's the kicker. If you sign an AOB, okay, you're going to be liable for any amount over and above what that contractor settles with the insurance company for. You've taken... All of your rights, all of your ability to control the claim, and all of your ability to try to settle that matter for a reasonable amount away. You've given it to somebody who you don't even really probably know that well or have even done any research on because they came to your door and shoved the document in your face. Okay, you cannot give up your rights. You cannot give up your ability to make that claim. You're the only one. You paid the premiums. Don't let them uh, benefit from that. That's the and, first part.
1: Well, and I can tell you from being on the other side here. When we get these assignment of benefits people, I, I hate to tell you 99% of the time, it's for an outrageous amount. Um where the damages and we're not nickel and diming. Swear, we're not. I'd rather pay yes. the claim, move it on. But you'll True. get something that's a $10,000 claim on 10,000. How much will that AOB estimate be for John?
2: You, okay, so, so let's say that it takes 10 grand. A normal contractor who wasn't shoving an AOB in your face uh, could do the same work for 10000 How do you know whether or not someone else is going to actually do it for 10000 How do you know it's worth $20,000? thousand?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: you are taking away your ability. Once you sign that document, you're foreclosing on your ability to actually know how much a reasonable repair is. Why does exactly. that matter? Because the insurance company, regardless of who it is, is going to do their own investigation anyway, and they're going to say, wait a minute, there's no way that we're going to give you 20000 for a $10,000 claim. Here's what's going to happen. You're locked in to that assignment, and you're going to have to pay twenty grand. and guess what? If you only have 10000 in coverage, and the insurance company only kicks in 10000 every single AOB on this planet ever drafted in the history of Microsoft Word has a provision <laughs> in it that that's real clear, John. <laughs> that you're going to be liable for amounts over and above what the insurance company pays. Okay? You're going to be stuck paying the extra 10 grand, and they're going to sue you and try to get that money back because that's how they make money. And there are plaintiffs firms that are lining up in order to uh, take over these claims and sue insureds um, mm-hmm. for these monies. Now, the other thing that's important to keep in mind with that is Florida law is pretty much ironclad on assignments okay it is very difficult to get out of an assignment once you ink that paper and i hate to say it but that's on the insured the insured is the one who who made that uninformed signing uh agreed and and before you sign anything call your husband text your son do do whatever it takes uh to make sure that you are 100% knowledgeable about what's going to go down, how it's going to go down, and mm-hmm. understanding that you can't really revoke that assignment under Florida law, it's very difficult. Um, and a lot of these contractors uh, I'm seeing, which frankly is shocking to me, they are not giving you the ability to revoke something. They're no, saying no, no, sorry, we're negotiating with your insurance holding, company now. Yep. yep, They're
1: holding you. They're holding you to it. And I got to tell you what. They don't come in with these um, estimates at a reasonable rate, people. We're talking double, triple, laughable amounts. So what's your carrier going to do? Just hand out laughable amounts of money? No. They're going to pay what's reasonable and fair. And then you're going to be stuck. It's just a bad situation. It puts your carrier in a bad situation because they're trying to resolve claims quickly and they're not so easy to do when you have a contractor who wants a million dollars for something that's only 10 but let me go here, John. So let's say I get in trouble with an EOB, AOB. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, AOBs, they just frazzle my mind. No, no. <laughs> but let's say I get in trouble uh, with an AOB. Let's say I have a claim and it gets partially denied or completely denied.
2: What do I do? Okay, so if you get a denial or you have an AOB that you can't get out of, in my view, always contact an attorney. You want to contact an attorney that understands contract law that does more than just contingency fee agreements for first party property. They're no better than the contractors, okay? You wanna contact somebody who is gonna treat you like a client from the minute that you walk in their front door. And that Mm -hmm. is gonna probably require a retainer up front. And that retainer is going to be your ticket to getting personal service and to being treated like a paying client prior to settlement of the case. Because on a lot of these these, uh, attorneys' offices, they don't treat you like a paying client until a settlement's reached. So give us a call, Holmes Kernick. We do this stuff all the time. I obviously care about people enough to spend some time here with Rhonda going over these things. We know what we're doing. We'll get your claim resolved far quicker than a first-party property plaintiff's firm because we care. We'll be there for you. We'll directly deal with your insurance company, and our record speaks for itself.
1: People, I can honestly and truly say that John does care and is there to help you. Feel free to reach out with him if you think you have a need. And thank you again for listening in, and please join me next week on CYA with Rhonda for some more fun-filled insurance info to help you cover your assets.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week for CYA with Rhonda. Please join your host, Rhonda Lukey, again next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time as we talk insurance again on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, stay safe.